might know designer Dan Marshall from Size 5 Games because of his adventure games, Time Gentlemen Please, been there, Dan that. Uh, but he's been working on some newer, interesting, or at least different projects uh, lately. Uh, he put out a multiplayer game uh, called Gun Monkeys that wasn't really the most uh, successful game in the world. And in an interview, he uh, confided to me that he never, ever wanted to work on a multiplayer game again because, hey, community is hard, as it turns out. But he still wants to try something with a little bit more of an action bent. And so his new game is called The Swindle. Um, I guess the, the best way to describe it is that if you've played Spelunky and it was that, but instead you were trying to break into houses, that's a pretty good description of what you're trying to do in The Swindle. Uh, you, you play a thief uh, that is trying to uh, break into houses and hack into things and get rid of the cops and steal a bunch of money. And when you die, you have to do it all over again. Uh, he's still working through a lot of what the metagame is, but uh, he's got enough of it together that he's shown off a bit of it. There was a trailer on the site, and uh, we jumped on Skype to kind of chat about where he's at, uh, what it's like to work on a game like this, and probably talk about Splunky just a tad too much. But once you get me going i can't quite stop here's our interview my internet is uh holding up well you'll be pleased to hear <laughs> where, where you're you're in the middle of nowhere when you uh, decided to announce a new game yeah no exactly i'm i basically uh i moved out into the middle of the countryside out into sort of proper english middle of nowhere countryside um and i love it and it's ace it's like all just fresh air and um and sort of lovely pleasant people and peace and quiet but um yeah my internet is basically like a, an old tin can with a bit of string. I think if it's like, like if a cow moves unusually, it'll all go down and cave in on itself. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, apart from that, it's fine. <laughs> uh, apart from the, you know, the thing that helps you do your job, then, you know, everything's yeah, wonderful. It's always like, you know, it was one of those things that I, I, uh, I started uploading the trailer this morning for the, uh, for the swindle and decided like, you know, I was like, okay, so it's like 200 megs big. I'm, I'll, I'll set it going. I'll give myself four hours, right? That's funny. So how how is the the rollout gone today? You know, obviously you announced the the swindle today, which is uh, the new game that you're working on. How how have things gone in the in the age of now being able to talk about this new project? Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, um, it's really horrible just keeping quiet about things, and you sort of know you should do, but you you know you can't just. Uh, talk about it all the time but i know you sort of want to have this big moment of announcing stuff but it's gone really well um it's it's one of these weird things that um it feels like uh just everyone has just been incredibly positive about it everyone's sort of uh, really excited and been really good about it it's now just a case of basically trying to get um word out to people beyond my, or my what is already my sphere of influence you know it's this it's this weird job where you basically sit there programming for like a year and then suddenly you have to put on this PR man hat, I guess, and and try and get people who uh, aren't following me on Twitter, aren't following my Facebook, have no idea who I am, trying to introduce this game to them. And it's just this really weird um, process you kind of have to go through. I know that uh, the, the last time I talked with you, you were extremely positive about the future of you making multiplayer games. So I'm very surprised <laughs> that you, you are not making <laughs> another multiplayer yeah. game. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things. That's what... Um, one of the lovely things about being an indie developer is you can basically try your hand at kind of little things, right? You're not you're not sort of tied down to a project for the next five years with, you know, uh, thirty other people, uh, thirty other people's jobs riding on you. You can basically take a decision and go, I think I might see what it's like making a multiplayer game, and then you come away from it and go, 
not doing that again. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot harder than I was expecting. Um, it was, you know, it was hard to program. It was hard to test, and it was hard to uh, get people uh, interested in playing it and all that sort of stuff. So, so yes, yeah, so I sort of um, came away from that and thought, yes, definitely stick to single player next time. So, you know, one of the things that, that you mentioned that was difficult about, you know, developing the, the multiplayer game, uh, Gun Monkeys, was establishing that community so that the people that did buy it had something to do with it. Um, and obviously you're not making a multiplayer game now, but is, is there a legacy of Gun Monkeys that has filtered into, you know, this new game, the swindle, that, you know, things that you couldn't have learned by, you know, making a game like Gun Monkeys? Oh, I don't know. It's... it's um... It's weird. Like on a technical basis, there are, there is some code that's just basically cribbed straight across, right? So the, like the explosions are the same because I love the Gun Monkeys explosions, and I just thought, you know, not enough people saw those. I'll put them in. I'll put them in the swims as well, <laughs> and um, uh, you know, and a few bits of camera code. So on a technical basis, like there's a legacy there. But I think, um, the, I think the thing that Gun Monkeys taught me uh, was basically the character con- t- character control stuff which is um you know having like a really satisfying um running jumping wall climbing sort of mechanic um going on and i, I think gun monkeys is, has got, re- got really tight controls really sort of worked really well so it's, it's so the swindle sort of takes that and kind of hones it i guess by looking back i was watching footage of the old versions of the swindle today and uh yeah it just looked like a nightmare to control so i'm kind of glad gun monkeys sort of came along and um and kicked me out of that because like the old versions had this really uh, like Sonic the Hedgehog sort of control. I was like Sonic the Hedgehog is just the, like the original um, Mega Drive or Genesis version of Sonic mm-hmm. Hedgehog. It's like that is the perfect two D character control. I'm just cribbing that right, and uh, it it just really isn't. It just doesn't work at all. It's like it's this really weird sort of floaty um, physics based. Um, lefty righty sort of. Um, it's really weird to describe. It's like it's like being either either standing on glue or standing on ice. Um, at all times um, so uh, yeah so I sort of scrapped that and, and, and went to the sort of gun monkeys really sort of tight responsive controls thing so, so folks that uh, haven't seen the trailer yet for the swindle can you kind of set up exactly you know wh- what is this new project that you're working on Okay, so the swindle is uh, it's a game about breaking into buildings and uh, hacking their computers, stealing all their cash, and then running away again and spending all their cash on uh, new kit and tools and stuff to upgrade your thieves, so you can take on bigger and better heists. And it's this sort of steampunk, cyberpunk sort of mashup. So it's a so it's set in London in 1849, and it's all steampunk, but it's got these kind of cyberpunky themes running through it about body modification and uh, artificial intelligence and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, because I saw in the, the announcement that you sort of compared it to uh, Spelunky and Deus Ex, and yeah. you, you, you say those two things, and I don't even, so, really, I don't even really care about the end product. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit. Just two of the greatest games ever made. It's, yeah, it's basically that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's one of those, it's one of those, um, one of those headlines that's probably going to haunt me. But when I first announced it as a swindle, I announced it as Sonic the Hedgehog meets Deus Ex, which it kind of was, because uh, it had this Sonic kind of platforming and this Deus Ex-y sort of breaking things. Um, and what happened actually was that um, I cancelled the swindle because um, it just wasn't working. It just wasn't, none of the bits were sort of gelling together properly. And I wound up um, playing Spelunky, and I wound up playing Spelunky like a year after everyone else because I, just, I just couldn't get into it at first. And, um, and I picked it up and I was playing it, and I was just like, this is, it basically taught me two things that, um, that my version of Swindle was, was sorely missing. And the first thing was procedurally generated levels. Um, the original Swindle kind of had hand-built levels, and uh, I realized that uh, it would have been so much more, it was so much more satisfying to have uh, random levels 
Um, and the second thing was this kind of um, sort of predictable baddies, like predictable guards moving left and right. You know, they're sort of, uh, you know, by looking at something, how it's going to react. And that's just so much more fun than the sort of messy AI system that I had before. So I basically, um, I did a prototype. I sort of picked, I, you know, put down Splunky and spent a week putting a, putting a prototype together. And it was really good fun. It worked so well. Um, so that's where the sort of, oh, it's, it's like Spelunky meets Deus Ex comes from. Because it's, kind of, it's kind of got that predictable baddies and uh, uh, randomly generated level stuff of Spelunky. But it's kind of more sort of sneaky, hitty things, Deus Exy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly... I was the same way as you, where I, I played Spelunky when it came out. I was just kind of wrote it off as a really punishing platformer. This is before I had like gotten into Dark Souls or in like any of these games. I got into Splunky and Dark Souls kind of at the same time and realized that they have, you know, like similar design goals in terms of yeah. how to teach the player and, and what the aims are of, of, you know, the idea that death is, you know, teaching you towards uh, actually learning what the, the game is actually about. And sure. so I was, I was with you. It took me, you know, I, I was way, I got way into Splunky earlier this year, which was many years after most people had kind of like gone, came and went on the Splunky train. But um, yeah, it was the Vita version that did it for me. The Vita, because I played it on the consoles, and there was just something about it that just, I don't know, just didn't, just didn't click. And then I picked it up on Vita, and it was, and that was it. And I was just, I was there for hours. It was like a, it was like a serious problem for me. It's such a, it's such a beautiful design. It's such a, it's so, it's so pure. It's so, um, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's one of those things that you can just, you can die and then immediately press the button again. And do I want to do another level? I want to do another level. I want to do another level. That's really, really admirable. Yeah, and it's one of those games that every single death you can blame on yourself. Even though the game has <laughs> yeah. has some random elements, right? Like, so you know, the only truly random thing in Splunky is, and it's not even random, but you know, the physics can be unpredictable. I guess would be the yeah. the 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 physics are kind of the X factor in every Splunky run. Um, but but even in those cases, you know, it's kind of like bombs just explode randomly you know it's often yeah. the physics are triggered because you did something that you didn't account for and had you done it differently you could have could have accounted for so is is, yeah. is that sort of element you know something that you're looking to incorporate into the swindle yeah the swindle the swindle is exactly the same in that sense it's um the the idea is that you break into the buildings and it's this kind of stealth game in the um it's not about sneaking up behind baddies because I can't stand that in stealth games. I, you, know, <laughs> you know when you're on the, you know when you're at the whim of an AI and it might just turn around at any second. Like that just doesn't do it for me. But it's like a, but it's a stealth game insofar as um, uh, you're moving around a building and it's in your interest not to get spotted. Um, but to be honest with you, being spotted is basically an inevitability, right? It's it's kind of it's pretty much definitely going to happen. And if it doesn't, you've done exceptionally well and get a big reward for it. Um, so it's got so you. So you move around kind of stealthily, picking off guards as you can, and then um, eventually you're going to get spotted, at which point the game just turns into this all-out action, just running around, clobbering guards, stealing as much money as you can before the police turn up. And the police turn up at the end um, and pretty much basically chase you out of the building um, with all their firepower. And and it, it has got that splunky thing of sort of um, there is a purity to, to death, right? You you As long as you don't mess up, you're fine. But but the panic sets in when all the lights go red and all the alarms start ringing. Um, that's when you sort of mess up and it's your fault for messing up. You will sort of, you will jump to avoid a policeman and land on a load of spikes or, you know, you'll, um, you'll run away from a guard straight into a mine and you you can see it and you know, it's there, but you just, you have no other, 
you know, your brain doesn't function that quickly, I guess. But it's got that thing where you die and then you can get right back into it. You can just load another level immediately and start again. Um, and within like sort of three or four seconds, you're back doing another building. And it's, it's so addictive. It works really well. So, so when you die in the swindle, you you don't you never load back into the area that you were in. When you when you die, you just move on to a new randomly put together stage. Yeah. So when you die, um, first of all, I I, I had um, in some of the early prototypes, it had sort of health like Splunky has health, and it had uh, I tried regenerating health and all that sort of stuff, but it just didn't work. The the thing that worked so beautifully was you get one hit and that's it. Uh, <laughs> and it sounds and it sounds really harsh, but it works so much better because it just encourages you to be uh, kind of careful about what you're doing. And it and um and 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 that was the moment when the when the prototype went from this is this is working really well to ah this is suddenly this is worth making a whole game out of. Um but yeah so you um so you've got sort of uh what were we talking about? You've got health and um well, you you have health, and then I, I guess one of the aims I or one of the things I would wonder about, uh, given that structure, is that so like Splunky, it's randomly generated, but you you have sort of like a sort of an overall goal. Not to compare everything to Splunky, but now that I'm on this, <laughs> not not I'm on the Splunky track, I'm now I'm going to compare everything to Splunky. But you know, like in, in Splunky, you're you're going through these levels. Ultimately, you know, there are different meta goals you can be going after, whether it's time or or uh, or uh, the amount of jewels you're collecting. But you know, you're you're you know going towards Olmec, you're going towards Yama. There are, is there an, I guess the the broader question is: There a sort of a larger goal you're chasing in the swindle that is beyond just trying to get the most amount of money on a per level basis? Yeah, there is. There's a there's a sort of end game in it, in it that I'm not 100% willing to talk about yet, just because I don't <laughs> 100% know that it's definitely sticking around. I you know right. I, I sort of I've got this idea that I think is going to work, but we'll, I, I have to jiggle it. But there's there is a sort of an end game, right? There's a uh, the one thing I've been trying to avoid is just there is a big diamond and you want it, right? But there's the idea is you're training up um, thieves and making enough money that you can take on that big final heist. And in order to do that big final heist, you're going to have to have a thief that's got, you know, got quad jump and got loads of bombs and got all the kit that you need in order to sort of take on a massive high security building. And the way to do that is to start small and get, you know, work your way up to it with bigger and better thieves. But the the way it works is when you when you die is you get one thief and when he die when he dies he's dead and it will randomly generate you a completely new thief. Hmm. So um, when you when you uh, when you finish a level and you die, uh, I will you know you get a randomly generated thief um, with uh, sort of a load of at the moment I'm trying to decide whether to keep your kit or whether you lose all your kit. But one way or the other, you sort of have to rebuy it all and uh, and work your way through sort of a fresh a whole new level. And then and you get bigger and better stuff. As time goes on, your your thieves get XP, and you know, so you can make even more money the better your thief does. If you survive like ten levels in a row, your guy will be bringing in loads and loads and loads of cash, and you'll be able to do bigger and better heists and get all the toys and stuff. So, was this a, a prototype or an idea you've been kicking around while you were still working on Gun Monkeys, or something that came up after the fact? Like, what's sort of the timeline on this specific idea, and when you realized this this is what I want to make my next major project? This is this has been going around for ages now. When I was a kid, I made a I made a sort of prototypey sort of game. Um, uh, this was years ago on Click and Play, which was like a sort of you know game development for kids mm-hmm. thing. Um, 
And that, so when it came, it was actually when I finished, after I'd finished Time, Gentlemen, Please, and after I'd finished Privates, the idea of what I was going to do next started to kick around. And that idea of like breaking, like a little 2D game about breaking into buildings had sort of always stuck with me. And so I started on the Swindle again. I was like, hey, yeah, if I put it in Steampunk, that'll work really nicely. And and so it's been kicking around now for years because there was an X and A version. There was a version I did years ago that got canned. And then there was, a, there was I sort of moved it over to Unity. And it was only once I started to get wet, you know, nervous about getting cold feet about the Unity version. I was like, I need to do something else. I've been working on this game for like two years now, three years. I need to do something else. And that's how Gun Monkeys happened because I sort of just took a break from the Swindle to make Gun Monkeys. Um, and then came back to the Swindle with sort of fresh eyes and looked at it, you know, having played Spelunky and looked at, you know, I could see immediately what was wrong with the design. Having made Gun Monkeys, I could go back to it and sort of, uh, you know, have a play around with it. And I was like, okay, that needs to go. That needs to go. That needs to go. This is brilliant. That works. You know, it was a really sort of cleansing experience to come back to it with just a completely fresh slate and, um, and look at the design in a really sort of nitpicky way. And, ha and because I'd done Gun Monkeys and because that was out and that was sort of selling and I could see that there was like a future for making more games, I could, um, I had that sort of luxury of, okay, I'm going to start again, <laughs> but I'll keep this and this and this and just knock it right back to its bare bones. So does that mean you ever, do you ever really consider an idea to be completely dead at any point or, or is it more just you took it to its logical conclusion, it doesn't work out, there's X, Y, and Z reasons, whether they're market reasons or design reasons that you don't want to pursue it, but do you ever truly completely throw out an idea? Well, just for the swindle or just in general, I'm quite happy to cancel games if they don't do well, if they're not doing well. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, I, more, more generally, down a bed game at one point that I just basically completely canned because I was just sort of I was writing it and just thinking we've done all this already, right? This is the same game but just with different graphics, and it's just not it's not worthy of the name, you know. So I so I can that, and I can swindle. I can the swindle just because you know I I don't want to put out something second rate, right? I don't want to put out something and have people go. Yeah, this is this is the same game as Time Gentlemen, please. It's not as good. Or, you know, this is you know, this this these different elements don't really work in this game. I'd much rather cancel something and uh, and restart it than 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 go through that. So I I guess I'm yeah, you can there's a lot of stuff I'm always willing to scrap. <laughs> that's that's part of the joy of it, right? That's part of the joy of design is you sort of you spend a month on something and you just look at it after a month and go, you can either say, well, that was a month of wasted work. Um, I'll start over it. Or you look at it and you basically keep on trying to polish the turd and go, no, I'll keep, <laughs> I'll keep working at it and seeing if it, you know, eventually comes to be something. Um, and I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, in killing things off and, uh, and, and, you know, it's that kind of separating the wheat from the chaff kind of idea that you've got to sort of, um, find what's amazing in a game and focus on that and keep it pure rather than sort of having all this sort of um, messy stuff that kind of is, is kind of good, but doesn't really work. I'd rather play a game, you know, uh, like Spelunky, like um, Risk of Rain or, you know, um, anything that's got that sort of real um, uh, sort of almost simplistic nature to it than something that is sort of, you know, uh, messy and overblown, kind of bloated. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it seems like, you know, you, you mentioned earlier the, the anxiety over wanting to show people something you're working on that you're excited about, but it's also a lot easier to kill things without having them announced and then dealing with the fallout yeah, exactly. of, of people being I'm really excited. The thing, 
that's why they're not telling you what the what the what the thing you're stealing is <laughs> right, in the center, because like i don't want to say oh yeah it's this and then you know three months down the line i go no it wasn't that uh that didn't work i cancel that this is the problem peter molyneux has right he just because he just says he's, he's excitable and he loves his job and he's got all these great ideas and there's all these great ideas that sound amazing on paper and you put them you know and you're quite happy to say i can tell you right now what it is and i'm you know 99 confident that it's an utterly brilliant idea but there's that one percent part of me that's just going that's rubbish you've just let that cat out of the bag and then you're going to have to backtrack on that again right so you know i keep stum i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to have to keep on uh saying things and retracting them i've done that enough already <laughs> that's like my job on a daily basis <laughs> um so, so where are you at in the, the process of development then like if you if you had to kind of give an estimate on on where you're at um, it's kind of like, it feels like, uh, we're at the top of a hill a little bit. The, 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 the really hard work is kind of done because the, the level generator generates levels now of any size, um, you know, uh, very easily and very nicely. And, and when we'll put in like little unique things and all that sort of stuff. So there are two environments done. I'm kind of hoping we're going to get five environments in there. So there's graphics to do for, for three of them. Um, there's loads of stuff like, um, I want to sort of, you know, that I want to make sure there's enough content in there to make it always exciting. You know, it's, I, I'm still enjoying it. I've been working on it since sort of January um, and I still just sit there and 20 minutes have gone past because I've just been playing it. Where you go, you go in to test a bug, right? And you, and, you, and then 20 minutes later, you're, you just hang on, I'm just playing this, um, which is a great sign. But I sort of want to make sure that uh, no one gets bored by just breaking into buildings and breaking out again. I want to make sure there's enough stuff in the building to um, always keep it fresh and always keep it like the player on their toes, like throwing throwing stuff at them to sort of basically um, mess with their plans a little bit, making sure there's always something interesting. So um, there's a few bits and pieces like that, you know, making putting putting enough enemies in there that it sort of feels like um, every level throws a fresh challenge at you in the way they are and the way they're organised and all that sort of thing. Um, and the big problem at the moment, the, the big thing that kind of is at the back of my mind is um, I'm aware it's probably going to take a little while is balancing it because, um, you know, there are so many upgrades that you can buy for your thieves and you can sort of you can sort of focus on the way you want to go. Right. So getting through a reinforced door, it's. You, it's equally valid to uh, to hack it and um, get it open that way as it is to just stick a bomb on it and blow it up. And you can sort of focus whichever way suits your playstyle. If your playstyle is just going around destroying everything, that's absolutely perfect and absolutely fine. If you're, you know, a sort of hacky sort of person, you can do that instead. And so I want to make sure that there's always that sense of um, the stuff you want being expensive enough that it's desirable, but not so expensive that it's out of your range, you know, and also making sure that nothing's just so cheap that the entire game's so easy. So there's like a, there's going to be a lot of sort of beta testing and play testing to make sure that the economy, which is currently, the the economy just currently doesn't work because everything's so cheap. I need to make sure that that's that's absolutely perfect. So that's going to take a little bit of a while. Mm -hmm.